listening to the Fantasy Alarm DFS NBA podcast. What's going on, FA Nation? John Hemme here with Justin Fensterman bringing you the Fantasy Alarm NBA DFS podcast here for uh, Thursday's five-game NBA DFS main slate. Uh, Fancy, first time on the podcast this year. Fantastic to have you on with us. Obviously, you and I go back and forth uh, on the NBA DFS live stream. You and I go back uh, on a long after hours, family times. We've done all these things together. Happy to finally get you on here with the NBA DFS podcast. Absolutely, John. It's great. And, you know, I guess you bring me on on a hard night with the five game slate, man. That's going to be tough for us for the Thursday night game. So with that, John, I'm very excited to be with you as always. Talking to you is the easiest thing ever when it's about basketball. If I were to talk to you about other topics, though, like music and movies, it'd be a lot harder of a discussion. Let me tell you that. Yeah, I know nothing about music or movie. Well, that's not true. I know some movies and music, not not too much here. Uh, let's, uh, like I said, we're, we have this five gamer. We're recording here on Wednesday uh, after roster lock. So we, we don't have, uh, we, oh, you know what, Fancy? Sometimes we don't have all the lines, but we have all the lines. Maybe you're bringing us the good luck here uh, as we preview this five game slate. Uh, Philadelphia and Brooklyn. Philadelphia is going to be on a back to back going up against the Nets, who won't have Kevin Durant. Remember, Durant's out for the next seven days uh, due to the close contact tracing with the COVID 19. We got a 224 total there. The Nets are getting two points. We have Cleveland, Memphis, 212.5 total in that one. Cleveland also on the second night of a back to back. Memphis giving four points. Dallas and Denver, 225 total here. Three and a half point favorites are the Nuggets. No back-to-backs. Fresh slate for them, too. San Antonio and the Lakers. Neither of them will be on back-to-backs. I think we just saw this game, San Antonio uh, and the Lakers, the other night. If, if, I, if I remember, oh, It's going to happen a lot, John. It, I know. It, it, with the way the compact schedule is, I feel like we just recently saw this one. Uh, it is a 224 total here. Lakers are giving nine to the Spurs. And then Minnesota and Portland, 232 game total. Portland given 10 points to Minnesota. Uh, we have three 10 o'clock games on this slate, Fenstey. Uh, usually we have one game as a late night hammer. We got three of them kicking off with the 7.30 start time uh, for this slate. So it's an interesting one. Love the game totals that we have. And, and really, only two of the games we have sort of projected blowouts with the Lakers given nine and Portland given 10. So it's, it's going to be a good slate uh, to go over here. Yeah, it really is. And I'm very interested to talk about that Portland-Minnesota game because there should be a lot of offense generated. I mean, 232 and a half that I'm seeing, I mean, that is far away the highest total. And with that, with Portland, I mean, we all know that they can score the basketball, but the biggest question is, can they stop the bleeding? And that's where I think Minnesota can utilize some of their guards and be able to take advantage of of this Portland backcourt because again, we can't get too caught up in the flash that Damian Lillard brings because he and McCollum aren't a good defensive backcourt, John. No, they're a terrible defensive backcourt. Uh, we, we just saw Levine and Kobe white the other night, uh, really take it to them in a game that, uh, Chicago won, you know, Portland lost that game to the bulls at home. Bulls are not a good team, uh, but they were able to pull it off. Uh, with their scoring. So, yeah, you know, that'll be an interesting spot there. Uh, we saw D'Angelo Russell. Now, we'll just get into the point guard position here. Um, you know, D'Angelo Russell's a point guard shooting guard over on DraftKings. Uh, on FanDuel, he is a shooting guard only. So, again, a little bit of a discrepancy in the uh, positions uh, between the two sites. Um, but Russell, for me, you know, coming off one of his best games of the season, 56 fantasy points against Denver, 
33, 3, 11, and two steals. The 11 assists was great to see. He had seven assists the game before that. So, you know, with no Carl Anthony Towns uh, in the lineup there and things really, uh, you know, focusing on Russell, I agree. I think he's going to be one of the more popular plays against this uh, Portland team. I mean, the good thing is, and with the way Minnesota's been utilizing their lineups, man, it's been giving me a headache. Because I thought we had this all figured out before the start of the season, but they've had Wancho in and out. They they've experimented a lot to start, and I think part of it is seeing how exactly they're going to place Anthony Edwards, their first overall draft pick, properly. But one of the things we do know is D'Angelo Russell will take a lot of shots. You like seeing him play in the 30s. I don't like seeing him play in the 20s, but game script sometimes is going to be privy to that because the Timberwolves just aren't that good of a team, especially with Towns out. But with Towns out, it should be all about Russell as that top option. Yeah, I I agree with you there. And uh, DraftKings uh, price things out, so DraftKings – uh, we see Russell at $7,700 as that point guard, shooting guard option for this slate. Uh, that makes him uh, sort of a mid-tier point guard option. Uh, you know, Luke is at the top on DraftKings. You have Kyrie Irving, who, I mean, you, know, you want to talk about a guy who was on a mission the other night. Kyrie Irving up against Utah didn't miss a shot. I think he went 9 for 9 to start the game. Only ended up playing 29 minutes through that blowup. 50 fantasy points for him. However, in that game, now he has a matchup uh, once again. There, He's going to be at home against Philadelphia, who's going to be on that back-to-back. Now, Ben Simmons is a good defender, um, you know, so will that limit him a little bit? It's certainly possible, but, you know, when Kyrie wants to attack, when Kyrie wants to be the guy, uh, I think there's few in the NBA that can really get in his way. Uh, This year, without Kevin Durant on the floor, 1.74 fantasy points per minute for Kyrie Irving. I mean, that's just an unbelievable number. Uh, And he's $10,000 on FanDuel because of it. DraftKings, again, $9,600. Fancy, I'm going to run through the top tier here. Just let me know what you think. Luka Doncic uh, finally came through with a big game that we're looking for, 33-16-11 against Houston. He's 11,000 on FanDuel. I mentioned uh, Kyrie Irving is 10K. Dame Lillard, as we talked about, not great defensively, but on the flip side, offensively, Really strong option at 92. Uh, and Ben Simmons is at $8,700 on FanDuel. Those guys' DraftKings prices. Luka Doncic at 10.5. Lillard's at 93. Irving's at 96. And Simmons is at 89. You know, what do you think of that that top tier um, at the point guard spot? Do you lean any favorites? One guy that you like more than the other? Being a small slate, do you feel inclined to play a Luka Doncic? I do. And if there's somebody else that I'm going to go after here, it is going to be Ben Simmons because – I don't believe in the Nets front court. You can attack them. I mean, they can, again, Jared Allen can put up as many double-doubles as you want. He's not stopping them from the other side. And the fact that you can attack this team when Durant is out taking another big body out, I'm fine with Simmons. And I think that people are going to be going away from him because of the situation with back-to-back. So at 8,900, I'm fine with that. With Doncic, I feel like you know what you're going to get. I mean, at 10-5, that's just a very big price point. I don't think – one of the things about Denver – I don't think Gary Harris has been as impactful on that perimeter. And I think that's going to be beneficial to Luca because in years past, I would have been hesitated thinking that he would switch on him from Murray at times. But I don't know, man. The Nuggets, Gary Harris has not been as efficient. He hasn't. His minutes have, have been up and down and consistent. And you're right. You know, in years past, he, you know, he was a really strong defender, but not, no, not so much. No, you never want to attack him, John. You no, never. Yeah. 
not but not so much anymore you know but and this is you know like you said you know maybe they would consider putting a will barton on luka Doncic. you know barton a little bit longer um you know a decent wing defender in his own right at times but i don't think there's any stopping uh, uh luka here outside of himself uh really and, and what i like a lot and we mentioned this already 225 and a half game total just a three-point spread neither of these teams are on back to back so they're fresh they're ready to go uh, and we've been waiting for that breakout game. So I'm with you there, Luca. Tough, tough, tough to fade. Um, I would go probably as, as they're listed uh, with Luca, Irving, Lillard, and Simmons for me. You know, and we talked about this on the live stream, Fenty, uh, previewing Wednesday's slate. And I guess we'll have to see how Ben Simmons comes out of this matchup against Washington. But the one thing that's concerned me about Simmons this year is that his points per game. Uh, over the last handful of years is down and his shot attempts per game is down over the last handful of seasons. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, Philadelphia added some more shooters to this team. They added Seth Curry, they added Danny Green, some guys to help spread and space the floor. And therefore we're not seeing Simmons, uh, you know, taking the shots that maybe he once was, um, you know, and he's more of the floor general. And the other thing we talked about is that he's not a great free throw shooter. So when he is attacking the rim, when he's getting fouled, he's not necessarily always hitting the shots that he should be at the line to help boost that point total. So if he's not giving you the triple-double, the double-double, at $8,700, he's only averaging 40 fantasy points per game. He's actually coming under 5X at his price tag. So though Brooklyn, it's a fantastic matchup for him. Kyrie's not a good defender. It, it all sort of adds up for him. You know, I really would like to see him start being more assertive on the offensive end. No, and, and you're right. And I'm looking at the shot attempts and everything over the last four games, and it's been inconsistent. Some single digits when it comes to field goals attempted. And that's not good when you're seeing single digits from a driving point guard. That's a bad sign right there. And Ben Simmons, as you and I mentioned, one of the best attackers in the game, and that's what he needs to do. The problem is, John, because I've told you this before, that I think he needs to utilize his post game a bit more, which he does not do. And in slower matchups, it's fine. But this is not going to be one of those matchups. And that's fine. You All of a sudden, you get someone like a DeAndre Jordan or Jared Allen in the post. You slow them down. It's going to be much harder to have that success, unlike facing other teams. So I get what you're saying in that regard, because he can't utilize that game. But you're right. He should be attacking. And in this matchup, even, though he, even if he takes 10, 11 shots, I don't know why he shouldn't have success. Because if Joel Embiid does Joel Embiid good things, which is absolutely respond to the pick and roll, and he gets frozen out by Allen or Jordan, the lane should be open for Simmons all night. It, it should be. And, and like you said, that, that's that been the concerning part is the fact that those single-digit shot attempts, um, you know, are, 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 are just, you know, hurting his value. So, you know, in the past, we've loved Simmons for everything he does across the board, and he fills it up, and he gives you blocks. He gives you steals as a guard, which, you know, you don't get often, you know, but if he's not going to, you know, he, he's had, he's topped out at 15 points, uh, this season in games. I was giving to, I think it's like three or four times, which is fine, but he needs to give you triple double in that type of uh, p- production to pay off 15 points. So, you know, it's just tough to go, uh, but it's a small slate. So a guy with a safe floor like Simmons could be popular because at least you can trust that, you know what you're going to get there. He's not as inconsistent. You know, we've seen times where Dame, uh, you know, doesn't score as much and he doesn't give you much else. So he's not giving you paying off his price tag. Uh, the mid-tier here, I think, is certainly interesting. Jamal Murray, um, you know, got off to a fire start the other night against Minnesota and then just fizzled out, gave us only 16 fantasy points in that one. But the prior two games against Minnesota and Phoenix, 46 and 51. 
Uh, I believe there's still no Michael Porter. Um, actually, let me check. Uh, no, I think he's. I think he he's coming back. He is. Michael Porter cleared to play, so that that changes things here. Because if you look at the usage that Michael Porter was getting this season, and how I think it definitely impacted Jamal Murray. You know, Murray two games of 30 fantasy points prior uh, to Porter being ruled out. He came back with 46 and 51. Now Porter's back. Going to impact that usage for him. Uh, it is still you know a decent matchup against Dallas. You have Dejounte Murray mid tier against the Lakers. Uh, we this is the third time I knew I saw this matchup. This is the third <laughs> time this season they're already playing the Lakers. Um, first two times they were home. He had 29, seven and seven for 47 fantasy points. That's what he can give you. He can fill it up. Last game against the Clippers uh, on uh, on Sunday, I think it was or Monday, 21, five and five. So I'm a big Dejounte Murray fan. Um, I, I love like that he it. fills up the stat sheet. And he's averaged seven and a half rebounds in those two matchups against the Lakers, too. That's something that DeJounte Murray does. And the biggest reason why you're seeing a more successful DeJounte Murray, A, he's healthy this year. But B, there's no more real logjam when it comes to those guards, man. It, it was an overcrowded backcourt in San Antonio for the last few years. Now it's all about DeJounte here. And when you have your frontcourt pretty much non-existent right now, it's going to come down to him. I mean, this is a guy that's been, that's going to be shooting 13 to 15 shots a night. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's just somebody that, uh, you know, I, I, it's, as you pointed out, he, he does a little bit of everything. So it, it just helps the overall fantasy production that he brings. Can I ask a question? I yeah. got a question for you. So maybe, I mean, I, I see I'm looking at the DraftKings pricing for a second here, but he does qualify here. Colin Sexton in that same price point. Do you think that he has a safe enough floor with the backcourt injuries in Cleveland, even though he doesn't really give you much of other categories? Couple of boards, couple of dimes, a steal or two, which has been consistent. Do you does that make him unsafe despite the other players being out giving him a little bit of a safe floor? Um it might. It, it, it might it might make him a little bit more of a play. Um, he's just so scoring dependent, right? And that and that right. to me has always been the problem with him. So, you know, I love the shot attempts. I just need more secondary stats out of him for him to really. It's a small slate, so a few guys probably have that upside in four. So, yeah, may, maybe it's possible. It, it, it's a play I think you can go to. Right. I mean, trust me, it, it's not fun, but it, it is a short slate. And those two other guys are out with Garland. I mean, he, him being out is huge for, for him. And as well as, by the way, with Sexton, maybe with Garland out, we can see those assists get boosted a little bit. What was he doing? Having three a game. So maybe it gets boosted a little bit more if he rotates to that one. No, it is, it's a fair point there, Fancy Sexton certainly uh, on a small slate could could fit the bill. So good call out on him. Uh, he is a shooting guard over on FanDuel. So let's just take a look at shooting guard now. CJ McCollum's there at the top, $9,000. He's been playing out of his mind lately. Collum is always just a beginner guy that I liked in my cash game lineups, but really giving us some GPP upside even now lately. You're looking at, you know, just the games on this season because there haven't been many. Opening night, 35 fantasy points. Like, all right, that's the McCollum I know. And then 62, 50. 36, 44, 51, 42 is the reason his price tags all the way up to $9,000 um, over on DraftKings. He's $8,500. Uh, so good spot there for him again against Minnesota. Uh, we like them uh, offensively in this matchup. You know, this is a game that does have a, a double digit point spread. So something to at least pay attention to, but 
you know, I don't think Portland is is that good. I want to say like they defensively this year they've struggled. Oh, they suck. Bad te- yeah, they've allowed some bad teams to stay in games. As I mentioned, they even lost outright outright to the Chicago Bulls the other night. So you know, McCollum's there. I think that's fine. Demar Derozan against the Lakers is always a matchup I love to play. There's that sort of like revenge hometown narrative thing. DDR just gets up when it comes to playing the Lakers, and he has in the two games this season, 42 and 47 fantasy points against them. We talked about D'Angelo Russell already and Colin Sexton, both the shooting guards over on FanDuel. Karis LeVert is somebody that I think is also, I want to get your opinion on here, Fancy. 21 minutes the other night because it was a blowout against Utah, but there is no Kevin Durant. He had 36 fantasy points in those 21 minutes, 24 points, five assists. He didn't start that game, however. He's still coming off the bench. So what do you think about this top here at the shooting guard position? You know what? I am totally fine with him coming off the bench. That that lineup needs balance to it. Why front load everybody? I mean, is every lineup going to be like a Tibbs lineup? No, literally keep bringing them in off the bench because he's going to start bringing up the ball. And I like the five assists. I mean, the 24 points is great. Before we saw Durant get in there, it, we were seeing Levert have big games. So I had a feeling that was going to happen. And I actually had him in the starting five video for that reason. And while everybody's obsessing over Kyrie once again, John, I'm going to go right back to Levert here. I agree with you. And it's the mid-tier price point that gets it. And I think I think the draft percentage is going to be pretty crazy on him as well uh, because it is that smaller slate. Um, and, you, and you're trying to fit in some of these high-priced guys. The fact that over on FanDuel, he's only $6,500. And that on DraftKings, uh, you're finding Levert out here uh, priced at $6,800. Uh, and funny enough, again, the inconsistencies with positions, Levert is a point guard small forward on DraftKings <laughs> while he's a shooting guard over on FanDuel, but still $6,800 over on DraftKings. Uh, it's a really good spot for him, and I agree. I think this mid-tier um, you know, is a good spot for people to settle into on this slate. Uh, you have Levert. You mentioned Sexton at 69. Dylan Brooks, I think, at Cleveland is a spot. We could finally go back to him. You know, the, the, the Grizzlies have had a really tough go of late, um, schedule-wise, where they've been blown out in games. Boston blew them out. The Lakers really gave it to them as well, so Brooks's production had been down, but in games where they were competitive against Brooklyn and against Charlotte, 42 and 34 fantasy points, there is no John Morant here. So I think this is another spot where we can get back on the Dylan Brooks bandwagon. Yeah, and if he's going to rebound, that's great. I like the long rebounds and also in three of his last five games, multiple steals. Actually, if you really look at it, five of his last seven multiple steals. So he's getting it done both sides. I was worried, though, with him that it would be a little bit more on the scoring dependent side. But if he's going to continue grabbing a few boards and helping out with the steals, that is going to add up when it comes to the production and he doesn't have to score 23 points. We don't have to have the Colin Sexton worry attached to Dylan Brooks if he's going to continue to rebound. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on that one as well. Um, if we want to go around a little bit uh, more, we have Malik Beasley, who's had some a really strong start to the season. He's you know, essentially the number two scorer right now for um, you know, for Minnesota, he had 15 points, six rebounds, and, and four assists against Denver for 27 FanDuel points. He exploded the previous game against Denver for 48, but really settling into that mid-20s production. You have Dennis Schroeder, uh, who got off to a fire start. Lately, the shooting's been off for him, but the minutes have still been great for him. Uh, $5,300. Seth Curry, who, if we're, you know, again, we're recording here on Wednesday, 
uh, has hit five threes so far to start the game against the Wizards. He uh, has only... been something this year, man. Yeah, he's been off to a really good start. Again, the last game against Charlotte, blowout, limited minutes, fine. But the games before that, I mean, back-to-back games with 21 actual points, 33 fantasy points against Toronto, 29 against the Knicks, uh, only $5,000. Hey, there's Curry DNA in him. So, uh, <laughs> you know, the scoring shouldn't be too much of a shock. No, and he's a feisty defender too, which I also appreciate. Because sometimes I think Steph can be a little lackadaisical, let's just say. So I like that Seth fights a little bit more, in my opinion, on defense. And we've seen it a little bit in his stats. I mean, he'll get you a block here and there. And again, this is someone who I'm noticing in season long, because as you all know, I do a lot of season long content for the website. So with that, when I'm starting to consider Seth Curry more and more in those shooting guard rankings, it's for a reason. And there are other options on this team. And you're right, John, the big thing with the Sixers now have this floor stretchers that they need so they can have guys camping out at the arc and you can have the Ben Simmons of the world driving every play. Yep, I agree with you there. Danny Green adding some some uh, stretch ability to their uh, to their offense, but Curry's been nails um, and a really great add. And again, five thousand dollars on FanDuel uh, over on DraftKings. You see price at fifty five hundred, where you get the bonus for the three point shot. Um, you know he's shooting on the season, fancy on the season. Seth Curry, not counting his start tonight, fifty four percent from outside. Wow, fifty four percent from three point range for Seth Curry to begin the season. I mean, that is exactly what we've always said the Sixers needed since J.J. Redick left that team. They needed that spot-up three-point shooter to help space the floor. You know, they brought in Butler, wasn't a good fit. Richardson, not a great fit either. And they they tried to force, like, an Al Horford to be that guy. Nope, <laughs> get your true shooter, get the Curry in there, and, and that will solve a lot of your problems. Uh, let's jump on over to small forward where it's a pretty stacked – uh, position we have LeBron James yet to sit uh, this season. You know we're always sort of on LeBron James sit watch. Um, we'll see if it happens here now at home. Uh, he has made a comment, I guess, after watching uh, the Jordan documentary and Jordan saying he never liked to miss a game because fans paid tickets to see him and especially on the road because how many times did they have the opportunity to see him? Maybe he sits at a home game because people in LA have have seen him, or maybe, you know, he sits because people in LA aren't watching games in LA because they can't uh, go to those games uh, in California. So something to at least watch, but you know, again, it is, it's the Spurs. He dropped 56 fantasy points in a triple double effort against them already this season. He's at the top. Uh, Tobias Harris has been fantastic to start uh, the year. And then Michael Porter, uh, again, coming off COVID, you look at his numbers pre COVID 49 fantasy points against Sacramento, 46 in opening night. Also, against Sacramento. Now he's here against Dallas. Yeah, no, and here's the thing. I mean, do with COVID and everything, do we worry, though, about Porter first game back in regards to overall physical health? I, I think so, because he didn't – he wasn't positive, right? He was just close contact. Right, right. Because if he's staying there and he's quarantining, again, I, I just – I'm a little trepidatious when it comes to – these guys when they're just coming back first game? Because I don't know what kind of conditioning they've been doing isolated, you know? No, that's true. I mean, yes. I, well, in a sense, I'm I, looking into it too much. We've never dealt with something like this. But if I'm going to spend 6700 I mean, you, you think they'll give him full minutes, right? Yeah, and I think I, he's going to get full run. I don't imagine this being a problem. He wasn't with COVID. He just had to be away from the team. I imagine he was responsible We'll see. Uh, and uh, was it was actually um, 
you know, uh, still going through his own personal workouts and, and whatnot. He just had to be away from the team, away from the trainers. And we got to trust someone, John, this, the rest of this small forward pool is pretty much crap. It is. It's not good. I mean, after we mentioned after Porter, I like Kelvin Johnson. We'll see if, um, if Aldridge, you know, is able to play back-to-back games, you know, Aldridge being back, you know, we saw Kelvin only score nine points, but still 11 boards there, you know, last three games, 10, seven and 11 rebounds. He already had another 11 rebound game earlier this year. So I think Kelvin Johnson, uh, last year's first round pick for San Antonio uh, has been playing really well. Uh, Will Barton, you know, for whatever reason, against the first game against Minnesota, Barton only played 21 minutes, bounced back with 35, 36 fantasy points in 35 minutes the other night. So I still think Barton potentially. Now, again, Michael Porter's back. What is Bill Barton's role going to be? He was starting even with Porter. Porter was starting at power forward. So, again, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, and Kyle, just remember, Barton can play four yeah, or five positions, too. Definitely. He can play one through four. He can, for sure. Uh, and that's a good point to bring up that he has the ability to really play uh, everything but center. So uh, his right. ability to stay on the floor that way, you know, Kyle Anderson's been solid. Tim Hardaway Jr. came played off the bench the other day, which I thought was interesting. And, uh, and there's he, a report, John, there's a report that they may continue to do that, which honestly, another one, great idea. Yeah. Let's balance out these rotations a little bit. This Dallas team doesn't have depth and their front court is garbage. So instead of just, front-loading Luka with Josh Richardson and Tim Hardaway Jr., why not have one of the two between Richardson and Hardaway coming off the bench? I think you keep Hardaway coming with that second unit. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think they need secondary scoring, and it's and I think it's a, so much beneficial also to have him on the bench because it allows Luka maybe to do more at the starting unit when he's out there. So uh, I'm 100% with you on that one. Love it. that He scored 30 off the bench, so... Uh, you know, it, it's a it's an interesting uh, new role change for him. Not typically something we see. Uh, Jetty Osman moved into the starting lineup for Wednesday's game. We'll see if it continues. Um, 18, seven and seven against Orlando, though, in 38 minutes. Uh, you know, he's been inconsistent throughout his career, but we've also seen some big games out of him. So, um, yeah, you know what? You're not wrong. There's some interesting spots here at small forward. It's definitely top loaded. Um, but on a small slate, some of these guys like a Jared Culliver or, or, you know, even a Jared Vanderbilt, 23 minutes against Denver the other day, 35 fantasy points. And this is a guy that we've seen in limited limited minutes at times this season, put up big numbers. Um, you know, it gives you blocks and steals. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting slate here being small forward with the direction uh, that people go. Uh, at power forward, Anthony Davis was a chalk play the other night on the five-game slate on Tuesday because power forward was such a sieve um, in terms of options that you had uh, to pick from. And I you want to know? You want to know how I messed that up the other day? I was going to put him. I was going to literally put him in the starting five the other day. But then, because of this stupid back-to-back thing that's messing with my head, John, I see seventeen and nine, and I see what Memphis's front court or whatever assemblance they have of it has done, and I'm thinking, okay, maybe Valanciunas freezes him out again, and then he freaking puts up twenty-six, ten, three and three. I know it's unbelievable, right? It's like you, you can't pick and choose correctly when it comes to him. Um, but power forward, I mean, it's just. Yeah, I, I think you have to go back to him because if not, you're paying, you're sort of overpaying for Larry Nance. Right. Um, Lamarcus Aldridge, you coming back from the injury, only played 25 minutes. 
Brandon Clark has been very inconsistent, even though he played 28 minutes again, 29 fancy points. You know, it's tough to always trust him. Robert Covington, trust tough to trust him. Uh, Naz Reed didn't even start, end up giving you zero fantasy points in 10 minutes the other day. Yeah, so, what is that about? Well, they, what they you know, and, and here's something that is interesting. They didn't increase Juancho Hernan Gomez's price tag. He's $4,200 on FanDuel. He started the last two games, and he went for 25 points against Denver. I think that was a big reason why Naz Reed didn't have a huge role in that game because between Hernan Gomez and Vanderbilt, they just sort of kept them on the floor, uh, kept them on the bench rather. Wild. I just, it, that's a very weird situation. I'd suggested read to someone the other night and was wrong on that. But yeah, I mean, look, Hernan Gomez's price point still very low. The game before in that same matchup, he didn't do as well. It's almost like the seesaw swung the other way there. I mean, outside of that, I mean, do we even mess with someone like a Kyle Kuzma at 4,100, but if, I mean, even he just, he still just doesn't do it for me, John. That's the thing. It's if AD is in and Kyle Kuzma is still playing, like we've seen in the last few games, 30 minutes, I mean, he should be getting more than 11 and three, you know? I, yeah, no, I agree with you. I I, th- I agree with that a hundred percent. So, um, you know, it's, it, he, he should be better, but for whatever reason, uh, you know, the usage, Dennis Schroeder being there is a, he's a high usage player and that matters, you know, like the last in last season when it was, you know, Schroeder wasn't there, you know, it was, it was AD, it was Kuzma and it was LeBron sort of leading that way. But now that Schroeder's there, Kuzma's taking a big hit. So he needs one of those guys to be out to have any real value in my opinion. Yeah. And with Kuzma, I mean, I never really liked him as a fit. We talked to Jim Bowden about this a lot. Never liked him as a fit with this team. Not very was impressed his rookie year. Felt he stopped att- attacking the basket, and now he's just a minutes eater, screen setter at this yeah. point. And, well, Anthony Davis came in and basically just took his job and took his role. Right. So. Took his yeah. job and won them the championship. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, fancy the five games late. We're already at center, so let's just wrap this up here. Uh, Nikola Jokic again, triple double monster. He's got triple doubles in all but two games this season. He's got at least a double double in every game this season. The two games he didn't have triple doubles, he had nine rebounds in. So, like, he was he's a rebound in each game away from having a triple double every game this season. I mean, he's just an absolute monster. And Dallas, I mean, Dwight Powell's not stopping Nikola Jokic, right? <laughs> like, Maxi Cleaver's not stopping Nikola Jokic. Boban's only on the court for six minutes, if that. So, you know, top spend-up, top price play. As long as he's not turning the ball over, you know, where, you know, he's had a seven turnover and a ten turnover game, uh, he's just as elite as it comes. Yeah, and, and this team has been off to a very interesting start. And they seem to have gotten it together a little bit over these last few games. But that's because of the Jokic play being unbelievable as it is. And just seeing some of the bounce passes he does on the drive is incredible. And that's why it pissed me off so much when he was sitting there a lot last year, shooting threes, freaking drive, use your body. Now we'll do it more. And he draws a double pass off to the cutter. It's great, John. But is it too high of a price point when you have other good matchups, such as someone like an Andre Drummond or even a Joel Embiid on the slate and even a Yusuf Nurkic at 6,200 on FanDuel. Yeah. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how Embiid is used in tonight's game. So a couple of days ago, they played Embiid 36 minutes against Charlotte. And after that game, Doc Rivers came out and said, that was too many minutes. We, we shouldn't have played him 
that many minutes in that game. He followed it up with 24 minutes a game before that. And if you look, there's a little bit of a trend there. You know, he played 37 minutes against a Toronto and then played 26 minutes against Orlando. I'm curious if they want to keep him beat into like that 28 to 30 minute range. So I think this is going to be a telling scenario tonight, um, especially with it being on a back-to-back. There's a chance that Embiid doesn't play. We, the, earlier this season, we saw them the 26th December against New York. He played 30 minutes. And then 27th against Cleveland, he sat out. So there's a there's a potential spot here where Embiid could sit out due to rest because of the back to back if they're already worried about playing in too many minutes. So that's something that you're definitely going to want to pay attention to. Um, I like Drummond. I do. It, you know, I just he he disappears at times this season. It's it's been frustrating. It's been tough to trust and paying ninety two hundred dollars for a guy that you know hasn't always come through consistently this year. I feel like there's money better spent elsewhere. You know, you called out Valanciunas. I like that play a lot. He settled into, uh, you know, a mid-20s or upper 20s in terms of fantasy production. But what happened to the 30 minutes that we were seeing earlier this year? Yeah, dude, I don't know. Who else do they have that could really stand they, a chance to defend the post? I mean, they've been playing Gorgie Yang off the bench a lot. So now we're back to Jonas right. Valanciunas playing 24, 25 minutes and. He's got a double-double every game this season, so he's still but capable that's of being what saves me, John. That's what saves yeah. me with Valanciunas and spending on a short slate 6,500 on him. I mean, you made some great points with Drummond and on the other side of that matchup. I mean, why not save? A lot of people are going to still think just because Drummond is a good rebounder, that makes him a good defender. And we've seen what Valanciunas can do. And as much as we hope for that 30-minute mark, he's still getting double-doubles, and we might as well ride it. Yes, I agree with you. Um, I think if, if Jared Allen is starting again, Allen started the other night, um, that's probably where I'm going to go with my center. If, and all the playbooks that I've done this year, podcasts, I've been touting a lot of Jared Allen. Uh, he was coming off the bench, outplaying DeAndre Jordan. You look at those monster rebounding numbers that he's been giving us this season. Uh, and his first start was just the other day. He'd been coming off the bench until then. And in four of the or five of the seven games, he'd given you double-digit rebounds. So he finally started. And what did he do? 19, 18, two blocks, three steals, going up against Rudy Gobert, no less. Now, Joel Embiid, you know, he can be a great player when he wants to be. Most of the time, he doesn't want to be. And if he's not even going to be active for the second half of back-to-back, I think you're locking and loading Jared Allen. Right. And for those that remember the divide in playing time between DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen last year, you're seeing the minutes favor Allen a lot more now. And that's because DeAndre Jordan is a senior citizen at this point. I'm sorry, he is. And Jared Allen is fresh. Jared Allen deserves more playing time and have the youth movement on, have Jordan there as a mentor for the rest of the three years that he signed there. And you know what? That's how it's going to be. So I don't feel, John, unlike last year, I don't feel like we're going to have as much of a 50-50 timeshare split this year. I think that it's time for this team to fully commit to Jared Allen. I'm with you there. And you know what's sad is that last year there was rumors that Kyrie was looking to have him traded. So you know, like, he was looking to have everyone trade Dinwiddie traded Levert traded mm-hmm. because Kyrie is a bad person. Yeah. He's not easy. He's, he, he's, he's, he's not a good teammate. He, he really is, is sort of uh, going to franchises and ruining what's good. You have a great young center on Jared Allen uh, and he's looking to move him out. So like he's a terrible teammate. <laughs> he, he, as somebody who got to watch him basically blow up the Celtics, I have no argument. <laughs> um, 
use, use of Nurkic against Minnesota, you know, Nurkic finally, uh, you know, 28 minutes gave you the 36 fantasy points, but even him, you know, Enos Cantor's cutting into his playing time. You know, Cantor yeah. only played 15 minutes against Chicago, but he had given you 20 minutes or more in three of the previous four. He's given you 20 minutes or more already four of seven games this season. He had 10 rebounds in 15 minutes against Chicago. I mean, Cantor is cutting into that production because he's so effective whenever um, on the floor. So Nurkic gets tough for me to trust. Harold needs somebody to be ruled out for him. Right. That's the usage for him down the drain. You know, if you're looking to spend down, maybe you do take a look at Gorgie Dang, the way he has been playing lately. That could, I think that could certainly be a potential option for you um, and somebody that could get some additional run there. Um, it, and maybe Marcus Gasol, you know, again, it's not that he's been lighting up the box score, but he's still consistently giving you a stat in every category almost every night. And that's, you know, paying off his 4K price tag. You, you don't, or, ooh, if Embiid sits, Dwight Howard season. Yes, if Embiid sits, you're 100% playing Dwight Howard. He had nine points and 13 rebounds in Charlotte over 17 minutes. I agree with you 100%. $3,800 Dwight Howard if Joel Embiid sits, yeah, I'll, I'll buy all in there. That 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 should be the slate buster right there. That would he be the that would be the, against Brooklyn. He should he'd be, be a, high, he'd probably be like the second highest owned player. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's everybody would play. Uh, everybody would play Luca, and they'd spend down at center on Fanduel for sure. There you perfect combo to winning all that money, Dwight and Luca. If Embiid doesn't play, amen to that. Uh, but fancy that wraps it up again. It was a quick, uh, quick podcast here. Uh, only five games to get to. Uh, you're on the starting five for this five gamer. So eager to see uh, how that's going to turn out. Uh, any final thoughts here before we get going? Yeah, it would make my life easier if Embiid gets ruled out at about 2 a.m. this morning, Thursday morning. So let's let's hope for that so we can get Dwight Howard on the cheap, man. There are some positions, man, it's going to be crazy. But at least we know this. We've got a great, great point guards and shooting guard spot that we can definitely take advantage of. I agree with you on that one. So everybody, good luck. We'll talk to you later. You know where to reach us uh, at Fancy Sports at John and Pemba seven seven at Jay and Pemba seven seven seven. We'll be out there helping you all. Hopefully, catch some tournaments. We'll talk to you guys next time.